Welcome to The Habit Queen. My name is Anya Perry. I'm a coach for women entrepreneurs and high achievers. My goal is to help you thrive in the most important areas of your life, your health, wellness, and mindset, so you can finally get the healthy and fulfilled life you desire. If you're ready to build simple, rock-solid habits, get in charge of your health, unleash the power of your mindset, and reach your fullest potential, you've come to the right place. Tune in, and I'll be here to show you what strategies, methods, and tools you need in order to become the healthiest, happiest, and limitless version of you. Thank you so much for joining, and let's begin. I'm so lucky I get a chance to spend the most beautiful time in the company of empowering, incredible women. Sometimes I joke that I have these beautiful interviews, these incredible, amazing, beautiful women entrepreneurs, the most amazing souls I get to meet just so I can spend an hour with them. But then I get to share them with you and it creates so much more excitement for me. Today, we have a very special guest. Today, Maria Maxe and I are going to talk about some really deep and cool stuff. And if you've heard words like embodiment and alignment, a vibrant life. We are going to be talking about and going deep into those. What are they? How do they apply to your life? What is the relation? How our habits and health challenges relate to those principles and what you can do to create beautiful mindset shifts, emotional resilience and use using simple psychology principles and of course taking care of you through proper self-care. Before we dive into this episode, I want to introduce Maria to you. And if you never heard of Maria Maxey, just go do yourself a favor and go to her Instagram profile. I'll link it in the show notes because her energy is so magnetizing. Maria is a certified mind-body connection coach, yoga teacher, and Reiki practitioner. She helps women heal their self-sabotaging habits and health challenges through eating psychology principles, mindset shifts, and emotional resilience tools that they can move into greater alignment and thrive in all areas of their lives. So today we're going to tap into some really, really cool stuff. I hope you truly enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording this. Hi, Maria. I'm so happy to have you today on the podcast, and I can't wait to share your light and knowledge with the world. Welcome. Thank you so much. It feels really good to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, and I feel like we picked a very interesting topic and a little bit of a background story for you guys. Maria and I just literally met two months, three months ago, uh, while Brian and I, my bestie, business bestie, and I were hosting an online summit. Maria was one of the guests Brian invited, and then we hit it off. We connected via chat, and it was just so good to learn, you know, how you know your story, someone else's story validates your story, and you know that you're not the only one dealing with the struggles and finding your way through challenges, mindset challenges, mostly sometimes life challenges. And I feel like I'm so excited to talk and pick your brain today about these deep, I would say deep philosophical almost topics um, of alignment and embodiment. So before we dive in, I know it's a long intro. uh, Before we dive in, I would love to hear your story. Who are you? What's your background? How did you come to coaching women on so many beautiful things that you are doing right now? 
Mm, well, your intro was beautiful. And now that you're asking me, I'm like, I will be much longer in my response. So you are great. Okay. So how, you know, how did it all begin? I think about just being born into a space of movement and wellness because my mom was a professional gymnast and her dad had trained her and um, she had gone on a spiritual path after he passed away before I was born and was very health conscious by the time that I was young. So growing up, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of like resources to things, but because it was how I grow up, I was like, oh, mom, like, I don't want to eat this thing or I'd love to just be able to have soda or like, I don't want to sit for meditation. So it was all, it was all there as a foundation. And then for me in high school, I started to come back to my own kind of desire, or I guess I was like born into my own desire to go into more around mindset. So I started buying books by Wayne Dyer. Um, I was buying books by Mike Dooley and a lot around mindset. I was just fascinated on that and spirituality and just Abraham Hicks. I remember I was 14, 15 and the, you know, the law of attraction was something that I was reading then. So it's, it's, it's kind of always been alive for me. And I dove back in on my own accord then. And through throughout my life, I would dance a lot and I really enjoyed it in high school and ended up in a position where I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do. So I'll go to college for dance, I guess, which is what I did. And, you know, up until then I had had a very, I would say I'd had a healthy relationship to food. Like we grew up in a house that was very like, we love food because it nourishes us, but also because it tastes good. It's communal. And I grew up in Greece for a number number of years in my life and a lot of the culture there is just like fresh food and delightful food and gathering over food. So that was my background and in college I ended up under a lot of stress and pressure both emotionally and mentally. I ended up with a digestive disorder that very much is like ulcerative colitis if people know what the like the symptoms of that are and it was really disrupted very, very disruptive to like my whole life and to my relationship with food. What was interesting was when I peeled back the layers over time, you know, we always see in hindsight before then I had become very, very rigid around the way I was eating and very neurotic around my body. And I think that as a woman, as women, we navigate this at some point in our existence in a female body. So mine had been very, um, expanded upon then. And so I navigated a number of years where I was both really challenged by what to eat because food was really like tearing up my gut from the inside out. And I was trying to figure out how to do it, what to eat, and then ended up going to food for emotional soothing because I wasn't able to go out with friends. I was home a lot. I was navigating emotions that I wasn't willing to accept and be with. And, you know, so it turned into this very interesting fear of food and tricky relationship with food in my body. And as a result, years later, I'll jump forward. I ended up having these downloads and insights around like, I don't think it's about what I'm eating. I think it's about what's going on in my life and who I'm around or when I'm not with certain people and the mental and emotional terrain that is occupying my existence that's leading to all of this. So more about why am I eating? How am I eating? What's going on in my life? What is this a mirror to? And I found the Institute for the Psychology of Eating in 2015 and ended up doing their coaching program. And it was so amazing. It was so eye-opening and confirmed a lot of gut feelings that I'd had around like, it can't just be about eating kale and it can't just be about like, it's obviously not it because it's not working for me. And so, it was perfect because my fascination with the human psychology, I'm not a psychologist, but the human psychology, the mindset, the power of the mind and the emotions 
all came into this portal where I got to start to work with women and people on embodiment principles and also on like the way that um, eating is, is really a reflection of our life and our inner world and how it's often our challenges with that and with body is a symptom of something not something to fix. It's not the problem. It's an indicator of something to look into. Uh, so that is a long-winded story in there with like a little bit of the major markers of what really stood out for me in my life and what has led me to where I am now. Maria, this is such a story. There's so much to unpack here. I have a feeling I'm going to keep you here for a while. First of all, I wanted to say that you know, watching people on Instagram, I went and watched your stories on Instagram and watching something, you never know what a person actually is going through because you see this shell or I could say a mask. You can see just like one side. And I love, love, love that you shared so many deep transformations you went through because it seems simple, right? It seems like you went from point A to point B. You learned this much. You went through this and here we are. I'm a teacher now. I can show you how to reach boom freedom. I can show you how to live in alignment so you live your best life. But okay, let's be a little bit honest here. I have a feeling there are quite a few challenges there that you faced. Not only, I can only imagine, I've never struggled with this officially as a diagnosis, but I have a suspicion I had a diabetes and uh, challenges that your body goes through, disordered eating, emotional eating, binge eating. I'm familiar with those. Tell me about the challenges that you faced as a human being, as a woman, in terms of mindset, finding this path to so much freedom that you have right now and you share with others? Mm, love that question. So, you know, I think that for me, so much of the challenges were, it really came down to the amount of pressure I was putting on myself. And I think that I know that I have like an A-type style personality and I have a lot of healed people-pleasing tendencies. And really there was so much a root in that where I for so long was not connected to my own needs and my wants and desires. And part of that was because I was really focused on things around me and people around me, but also because I've really looked into how I was, I was actually afraid to claim my dreams and my desires because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do it, fear of failure, while also like having this immense pressure to live up to expectation and to get it right and to get an A plus and to be favored. And so in a number of ways, I was one, both afraid of surrender and like what that would look like in my life, but also completely preoccupied by external validation and having to prove myself. So I think that there's something there and that's having really worked with that because that's so much mind stuff, right? It comes from like our childhood. It comes from the things that we've learned from our family, from the cultures that we're in, from schooling systems. So really peeling back the layers and getting clear on, is this serving me? How is this actually affecting my life? And then working with getting into relationship with myself has been really huge, like really, really huge uh, with mindset involved. But that is probably the biggest one because when we can be in relationship with ourselves, we can start to understand what are the thoughts that are running my life. And then from there, I can start to choose what it is that I think and what I create. That's such a beautiful answer. And it's a deep answer because I feel like, again, this is something you personally went through. Did you have a teacher? Did you have a mentor who guided you through this? Or did you go through the path of self-discovery? 
self-discovery has definitely been something that has led the way. There is this thing in me that is just like, how can I grow? How can I evolve? There's something here. There's also like scorpionic nature. So if people are into astrology, there's this like, we just go deep into ourselves and want to understand things. And so my teacher from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, Mark David, we actually, I did a podcast with him not too long ago, and he was kind of like reflecting that back to me. And how like, oh, it makes sense, like the scorpionic nature that just likes to go into self-discovery and transformation. And then I would say just like books and have been like a big teacher for me, but my own lived experience and then being interested in kind of proving what it is that I find to be true for myself, I would say that those are really the, the guiding lights for me. There are some massive pillars. Hey, girl, you've been reading Wayne, Wayne Dyer when you're 14. I wish I was in your shit. You know, <laughs> I would have some Wayne Dyer for myself that time because teenager years, so those definitely the years we're not thinking about those things. I'm so glad your mom and your environment were supportive in this respect and you've learned, even though you had some resistance, it sounds like you have a bit of rebellious tendencies and the achiever tendencies. It's it's so awesome that it all kind of weaved together for you and led you on this path to understanding, okay, I don't have to people please. Okay. I don't have to confine to some methods, rules, and diet culture, because that's also big. And one of the things that you said about figuring out, this is not about food. This is mindset, all of it. I personally work with women who are in their forties and fifties and still don't get that part. Not because like there is something wrong with them. It's just because we haven't been taught how to dissect those things, right? How to go back to, this is not about food on your plate whatsoever. Ever. This is you, you being out of touch with your body. You don't have intuition or cues. You're forgetting, you're disjointed, disconnected, and I think outpowered by all the external noises, which plenty just go on Instagram for 10 minutes. How much information you're going to get there? And that's massive. And I wonder if you have any, before we dive into even like deeper into alignment and embodiment, do you have any suggestions for women who don't have any idea where to start, who can definitely resonate with your story, which is so incredibly empowering, but have no clue where do I go? Yeah. You know, it's so true. There's so much information out there and, and so much of what has kind of like disconnected us is what's most shiny and available. So we do have to do a little bit more like scavenger hunt looking for the resources that can support us and give us a new perspective. So eating psychology is something that anyone listening can can look into it's really fascinating um i mentioned my teacher mark david he has a couple books the slow down diet and nourishing wisdom and they it really goes into some of the myths that we've learned about the way to eat or our bodies um that i think are a great way to start and kind of just ask ourselves like, oh, maybe this is not the truth. Maybe this is not the only way. And of course, like I can be available for any kind of questions and resources to point, but I would say looking into some of those books and just what eating psychology is would be one way to get that new perspective to come in. That is good. I'll definitely tag those in the show notes so people know how to find you and how to also look up books that to, to get a good start and a grasp because you've done it for such a long time already, six years as a, after you went through studies and you definitely know it. Don't go that route. It's a rabbit hole. And this is a good starting point. So let's dive in a little bit, not pivot in a way, shift gears into talking about these cool things that again, when I look at your stories, when I look at what composes like your 
your teachings and everything. You have magnetizing power. It feels like you're so comfortable in your body, in your mind, in your soul. And you have this beautiful connection. And I know this is probably most days, right? We all have moments where we're not our best selves. And this is what we see. And I wanted to comment on... I wanted to also comment on your dancing, but I'll do it later. So I wanted to ask you about embodiment, a serious question about embodiment and alignment. What are they? If I was not to look up Google definition, what are they for you? Because those words kind of like they've been used more and more in business coaching and health and fitness coaching. What are they for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, embodiment is about becoming alive within our own being and actually being present from the inside out. So meaning to actually embody, to live in our body. And I think that so often we have learned because of different thought, thought, I guess, schools and religions that the body is a shameful place or a dangerous place to be and it's impulsive and it's animalistic. And, and so there's a lot that goes against that support supporting the idea that like our body is wise and our body is incredible and that's a little bit of a mental shift but for me it's about living with coherence from the mind to the heart into the spirit and the body and the body if we think of gut feelings or when we just know something is off or when someone walks into the room and we're not sure that like the energy shifts like that's not our mind that is something else and that information comes through our body if we look at children they are so in tune with like their needs they know when they're hungry they know when they're tired they move their body in different ways they're just they're very i guess it's like they're very much in integrity with their spirit is part of what that is too and so for me it's about shifting out of living from the mind of should i do this how should i be where should i go what did they think who am i being a lot of thought processing and coming into breath, coming into physical experience, starting to listen to the information in the body and being in coherence with our hearts, with our bodies, with our minds, all in one. That's just incredible and so powerful. And I can see how many layers are there aside from, you know, tuning out all those thoughts, external processing, all of that, and dropping into your body. Most people say, okay, when you're stressed, when you're overthinking, drop into your body, but we don't often know how to do. And I think one of the things you do so beautifully, which I just brought up is dancing, because to me, it feels like she's the most free when she dances. Is this true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I've had my many most liberated moments when I'm just like either performing or ecstatic dance parties or in the living room and just letting myself go. Yeah. I love that so much. And that's, again, it's probably naturally, or like you had a little bit of predisposition through your mom <laughs> to go, go that route. If you were a beginner when it comes to embodiment, when it comes to feeling truly alive in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, what were you, where would, where would you start if you just like, I don't know, how do I drop in my body? <laughs> how do I connect all of those dots? I'm not sure. What would you say? Yeah, I would say we have to get up. A lot of us are sitting a lot nowadays and even more so, right? So we might be like, yeah, I'm in my body. But what I think about is like, we're just living with a body. Are we living with our body? Are we living in our body? I like to think of it this way. So one, to move the body and you don't have to be a quote unquote dancer to dance. It's actually like, Kids do it, all our cultures, like ancient cultures and rich cultures move their body, they dance, they have music. And so it also brings joy 
And, and I think that's something that we can always benefit from bringing into our lives. So, you know, putting on a song or a playlist, like creating a playlist that feels fun and, and just inspires you to move your body a little bit and then just move without an agenda. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It's just about connecting to like, okay, what are my arms doing? What else could I do with my arms? Can I just bounce? And what, what's inspired? What does this song make me want to do? How does it make me want to feel? How does it make me want to express? And if that's new to us, we might feel like, oh my gosh, is someone watching me? Go somewhere where you know no one's watching you. Like close the blinds, turn down the lights and just dance because sometimes we're just in our head of like, who's going to catch me? And until we get more comfortable, we just need to build a little bit of that inner safety around expressing in that way. You know, going, exercising, if that's something for someone can be a great way to do it. But I talk about exercise more as movement. So are you moving your body for an inner experience and to connect with your heartbeat and the strength of your muscles and just this vital being or is it to achieve a certain external outcome and and i challenge people to go into like what am i feeling as i move and how's my heart rate and what muscles are turning on so those are those are two ways like one is the framing of the mind when we are doing movement or exercise and the other one is like a new way to start to embody to just explore what else is possible that is so cool so if you're listening to this right now we encourage you i'm going to speak for maria we encourage you to get up and do things and i'll share a little bit of because it's kind of so um connected with my personal story i was embarrassed to dance for the majority of my life until i went to a couple of weddings and possibly had some wine and that's where it was gone the worry about whatever you know not, not just like getting drunk, not really, just having a little bit of inhibition going away and loosening up. And also when I went to Tony Robbins event, I think that's what, where I felt the biggest breakthroughs in this term, because I felt like a child. Your, your posture changes when you're forced to be up on your feet for 10, 12 hours a day and dance so much. Because when you go to a transformational event like that, I don't know if you've ever been, that you dance you dance all the time and you don't care. There are 60 year old ladies who are dancing with you and just throwing those cool moves. And I think this was so liberating to me. I felt like a truly new person ever since I have personally, I just found uh, rituals that help me. I don't dance en enough. I used to dance more, I think in my office, but every time I have an important call or sales call, I will go and throw a party for myself because I want to amp up their energy. A trampoline, I have a trampoline behind myself that where I just jump and do silly things. And another thing I feel, I don't know if you do this through voice. I think I shared on the podcast once you find a modality, this modality that works for you. I sing silly songs and one of them is called onions. And my husband absolutely hates it because it goes like onions and very loud voice. And I keep repeating it. I'm going over the fridge and going doing chores and nobody likes that song. Nobody. My dogs hate it. My husband hates it, but I keep singing it because it brings me so much joy. <laughs> That's amazing. So I don't know if you can relate to other modalities. I know dance is one of them for you to embody and to kind of loosen up because we're so tight, tight and tense and constantly feeling with that fear of something, fear of judgment, fear of our emotions and just general worry, especially since COVID hit us. I feel like this amplified. Do you have any other suggestions on like funny, goofy, silly, silly ways to let yourself loose in a way and feel your body more, drop on your body more? Yeah. Oh, I love the one that you just shared about singing and you're like, I don't care. It brings me joy. And and I think that that's the thing too. It's like, how can we tap into playfulness and like this innocence, this childlike innocence again? Because there's such, that brings us into alignment so beautifully and allows us to embody in so many ways. So 
Um, you know, I play around with singing too once in a while, like just out loud. And, and if it's not dancing, is it even like creating art? I know that that's not necessarily like moving the body, but could it just be like pulling out colors and sketching something and drawing something? Because what happens is we become more present and it opens up our creative mind. You know, I think that any way that you can create like little games for yourself. So one of my friends and I, at one point we had balloons around the house cause it was her birthday. And we started just like tossing the balloons back and forth to each other. And then it became like, you can't let the balloon touch the ground. And we just created a game. So gamify your life sometimes. I love that you have a trampoline. Is it, you know, that you get up and you just like shake out, just shake, 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 create a funny dance or pull your family into an experience where you get to like make faces or put on characters and like break that, break that level of seriousness and, you know, taking ourselves so seriously and taking life so seriously and have a moment to play. And I'm, I'm always needing to take my own advice. So, so I can always be goofier. Um, and th these are good reminders for me as well. Yeah, one of my favorite games, again, nobody likes it, but I do. And that's why that's why we're going with this is throwing an ice cube behind my husband's T-shirt. <laughs> I love it so much. It just it's a chase. It's usually I don't care how old I am. I'm just going to keep doing it until I'm an old lady and I barely can bend my back. So I'm going to be and it's fun. It's fun for me. And it brings you back to, you know, like that that feeling of alive for sure, especially when you have an ice on your back melting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he feels very alive in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do wonder how do you have any habits because you know we're the Habit Queen podcast, and I often lately I've been getting more rebels on my podcast, and I, they usually don't have habits or situations or routines, but I do believe every single person has something that serves them. So when it comes to embodiment, when it comes to alignment, what are the habits that are your daily go tos to feel really really good in your body? Mm, yeah. I know with the rebel like archetype, it's like hard to stay true to a exact schedule, but I do find that some level of discipline, meaning like a commitment to certain practices is the anchor for me and is so important. So for me, what the, the like non-negotiables are the way that I start my day. It's so important to me. And so that always means that when I wake up, I do not touch my phone. I don't even take it turn it on or turn it off airplane mode for at least the first hour I'm awake. And what I start with is just connecting to my breath, waking up, feeling into my body, like feeling from my toes all the way up to the crown of my head, breathing. That could take two to three minutes in bed. And then I will, because I'm <laughs> have that rebellious nature, like you called out, it doesn't always go in this order, but it, in some order, these things happen. I will do some form of breath work so that we can connect to the fullness of bringing in oxygen and life force into the body, calming our nervous system before the day begins as well, energizing the mind naturally. Meditation happens for me as a way to anchor and to really just start to see like, what are the thoughts that are going on in my mind? Because if I know what the thoughts are already, then I won't be pulled by them that day. If they're pulling me in a direction that feels a little bit more challenging to be with also allows me to really set my intention and get clear on how I want to show up because it can be easy sometimes to get lost in the moment, but to have that anchor, how do I want to show up? Where am I? Who am I being right now? And then movement, of course. So whether it's um, a strength workout or it's a run or a dance party or a dance cardio class or a yoga flow, I might already have said that, but really I just love movement. So whatever I'm feeling inspired to and pulled to, I will do. 
And then non-negotiables are for me to take moments throughout the day, especially if we're working from home, to insert like five to 10 minutes with my legs up the wall when my energy drops or a short meditation on the heart, just like heart presence if I'm feeling a little bit in my head or going out for a walk 10, 15 minutes. If you have 30, 40 minutes in nature, just going out around the neighborhood is another one that just really anchors me. Yeah, I'm definitely familiar with most of most of them, actually all of them. I'm not a really good meditator, but I found that I've shared it on the podcast before. We have to find ways and mediums that work for us. And for me, it's walking just like, and I've lately learned about this cool nerve we all have. It's called the vagus nerve that actually mm-hmm. when, we, when we're when we walking, it releases the stress that we built up in our body, which is so phenomenal. And I love that you are taking, not only doing this, okay, I'm going to just do the morning routine and I'm done for the day, but then think, happen throughout the day and you're not reactive because you have those practices set. I feel like this is where many women struggle because they might be good with morning or night routine, but throughout the day, they allow the stressors of life carry them away. And we do get in our head because by the end of the day, it's just the decision-making it's we're done. And okay. It's very easy to be stressed out by the end of the day. Mm, Yeah, that was something that really changed a lot for me when I allowed myself to have those five to 15 minute moments between things like where in my calendar, what do I need? What do I need right now? And do I have five or 10 minutes? And sometimes we think I don't have enough time because we think it has to take 30 minutes to an hour. But those two, three, five, seven minutes can be so powerful and are such a powerful way to reset for me. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it sounds to me, I'm not going to make an assumption. I'm going to ask you that these habits, so these patterns that do routines or rituals that you have are also the form of self-care for you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you you have any other self-care that your like methods that are your favorite? And I'm not talking generally about like commercialized, or maybe it is commercialized self-care, which is totally fine as well. Yeah. I love to, so something that I've been doing is like new moon yin practices that I've been both offering and sharing, but, and I do them for myself as well, is they they just feel so powerful in self-care and slowing down and journaling about reflective experiences from the month and also setting vision for the next month. The way that I talk to myself, working on always doing my best to be more compassionate and kind to myself is self-care for me. It's a practice there. And and showing up sometimes for the things that I don't always feel like doing, like making sure that I'll eat something nourishing that that is going to give me energy. Uh, and thinking ahead a little bit, I think, is an act of self-care because when we get really busy, if we are um, high achievers and high functioning and we do a lot, we can put our own needs as far as like how I'm caring for my body, how I'm fueling my body and how I'm enjoying my life on the back burner. So having a pleasure list as well is another way I self-care is like, is it a bath? Is it a beach sunset viewing moment? What are those things? And then of course I love a moment of a massage. Like I got one not too long ago out of COVID. I was like, this is amazing. Like human touch is so amazing. So I do love any kind of body work as well. I feel like massage therapists around the world are going to be so happy once things lift up because <laughs> we're going to have so many happy humans just to ready to get hugs. The h- hugs feel so good right now. Honestly, every time I hug my girlfriends locally, it just feels incredible because we've been deprived of this normality for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know the under the power of a hug now is like every time it happens, it's like, oh, wow, that is amazing. <laughs> I'm so grateful for it. 
yeah but before we were like okay there's just another hug goodbye oh hi yeah. that's it that's so good i love your self-care methods and they're powerful i wanted to start wrapping us up even though i don't want to and i do have one slightly deeper questions before question before we talk about where people can find you get more of your knowledge bask in your energy and just get to know you i want to ask you a little bit about food embodiment because we touched on that i know this is your zone of genius and it's not necessarily we talked behind the scenes it's not ever about food but so many women on this podcast are willing women who are listening, they want to improve their habits. They want to, and often often starts with simple habits, like what do I eat? How do I sleep? What do I think about? And many of us are thinking about food or struggle with emotional emotional disordered eating. Do you have any suggestions where it comes to that, that part of mindset and embodiment? Yeah, I think that one is just like shedding light on the fact that it's quite, I don't really use the word normal, but I will in this situation, it's quite normal to not know what we're doing with food always or to feel challenged by it or to reach for food when we know we're not hungry and then to be in this kind of cycle of different experiences. There's an array of them, of course, that um, I won't go into now and I know we all know them from different experiences, but to one, just understand that there's nothing wrong with you if you are experiencing these things with emotional eating specifically so often it's a learned way to to comfort and to soothe ourselves from some point in our life also because at one point receiving love was connected to being fed and so we start to learn that okay in food there is love and there's comfort and so when we can feel not seen when we can feel when we feel stressed when we feel lonely when we feel a number of different things we know that food is kind of like this trusted place now what becomes challenging is we have all this external information around like good food bad food list so that's one thing i would recommend is kind of like how can we create just a food list that is there here's food some is less nutritious some is more how do i feel when i eat these foods is a better question to ask than what's good what's bad and how to and how should I eat versus actually taking in the experience to have curiosity around how do I feel when I eat these foods and then start to align with the foods that allow you to have energy, to feel good in your body and know that you won't always get it right. Permission to make mistakes. So that's another one that can be tough. Permission to make mistakes, but to be in the investigation. And you know, the body cues will tell us if we slow down and listen, like maybe we realize, oh, I have such a headache. And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't eat all day. Maybe, maybe it's that tomorrow. Let me try if I eat a meal earlier in the day to start my day. Let me notice how I feel. Does the headache go away? Or I ate this thing for lunch. It felt a little heavy. And now I'm like feeling like I need a nap. Okay. What if I try eating something different or lighter tomorrow just to see what happens? So what I'm laying out here is just a series of questions of inquiry that we can offer ourselves. And within that requires um, curiosity and compassion and to just hold space for ourselves as we start to embody the knowledge and the wisdom that is there for us when we do tune in. I love it so much. And that's, I guess, now I know why we got connected because we love teaching people. You do it in such a beautiful way, teaching women how to become their own coaches and detectives in a way and asking those right questions because I believe, okay, we were not taught this way. We were not taught to ask questions. We were taught to give answers to questions that were posed to us, right? Mm -hmm. And we were constrained in so many ways to learn more about ourselves. And now you have an opportunity, whether it's emotional eating, stress eating, you name it, disordered eating, 
to stop, pause, and actually minimize that noise and ask yourself those questions to lead yourself to not the right answer, but to the best answer for you. While diets out there give you the quote unquote right answer or air marks, air, air quote, quotes, um, the right answer. And that's not always the right answer for you specifically because you're a unique snow, snowflakes. Yeah, exactly. Every unique snowflake has a different amount of life nutrients, nourishments that they need. So it's true. It's very personal. I love that. The little snowflakes. Yes. Yeah. Maria, I don't want to let you go, but we will be wrapping up and I want to ask you, where can women find you? Where do you teach? What's, what's going on in your business? Tell us all about that. Yeah, this has been so fun. Um, I love to go into these deep reflective spaces. So thank you. It's been so nice. And yeah, so I'm easily found on Instagram at Maria Maxe. So my first and last name there. Um, my website is movingbody.com. And what I'm doing at the moment is I'm working one-on-one -on -one with women, um, coaching them with these eating psychology and embodiment principles. And um, I'll probably be in the middle of a group when when your listeners get this, but offering retreats and workshops pretty frequently as well. And, and, and I usually share about those in my newsletter or on social media as well. That's so exciting. I want to be a part of your retreat so we can dance together. Maybe. Yeah, there's one coming up in July, end of July in Montenegro. So if it works out with all the travel stuff, then we can be dancing and That's moving great. and embodying there. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love, love, love the work you do in this world. And I love your energy. Like I told you from the very get-go, I just love your energy. So if you're listening to this, I hope you took notes because there are some good notes there. I'll make sure to tag all the resources and everything about Marie in the show notes. Go check it out. Don't be lazy. Go check it out. Tag us on social media if you have any insights, any good moments that you felt like, whoa, this was so powerful. How do I go from here learning this? And of course, if you have questions, hit, hit Marie up on Instagram via email. Everything is going to be for you, available for you in the show notes. Maria, I, it's been such a pleasure. I knew it's going to be an awesome podcast episode before we even talked. And I'm so glad we got a chance to talk about these really, really cool things. Me too. Thank you. It's such an honor. And I love to just be in that conversation space. So thank you for inviting me into it and for holding such gorgeous open container to express and to share. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I truly hope you enjoyed it. If you like the podcast, please leave me a review or questions on the platform of your choice. Make sure to check the show notes for my social media information, as well as my website, www.anyaperry.com to connect with me. I can't wait to get to know you. Have a wonderful day.